Okay, are we really talking Schmidt? G.I. James. G.I. James. G.I. James. Wow! You know, parents are the same no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! Wow, dude! Will Smith just smacked the shit out of it. Greatest night in the history of television. Wow, dude. Wow is right. What's up, everyone? It's Schmitty with another episode of Talking Schmidt. And today I got a special treat for you. This is Stereo Skateboard's first ever female writer. And she recently turned pro. Just a couple weeks back, they surprised her with her own model down in Encinitas, California. That's right, baby. This is Bryce Wettstein. <laughs> Just a few things before we dive in. First off, I got some new gear in the web store. We got embroidered Scorpio beanies. We got embroidered Scorpio t-shirts about to go up. I got mm, small run of stickers you can buy me a cup of coffee now. Drink the coffee. It'll make you feel better. We have all levels. You want to buy a shirt, a hoodie? You want to just contribute to the show and buy me a cup of coffee? Get a shout out on the Instagram. Shout out. Listen, buy some stickers. They're like $2 or something. Every sticker purchased this week, I'll give you a shout out on the show next week. How about that? Shout out. Anyhow, I appreciate y'all. Appreciate the support. Um... There's been talk of an F1 roundtable for skateboarders. Whoa, slow it down. Could be a little section on the show or could be its own show. We don't know, but there is rumors out there. If you're interested, hit me up, email or DM. Oh, and one last thing. Cranny, I fucking love you. Sometimes it's hard knowing that your best friend has a lot of best friends. But seeing the love for you, only just what do they say, the, the strings, the heart strings, pulled on the heart strings, whatever that is. I love you, babe. You know that. And now for a PSA from the one and only Timothy Donald McKinney. I want to give a shout out to Cranny. I don't think you realize what a big role you've played in talking Schmidt and the skateboard community. Down to you had my son asking how you were doing two and a half weeks later. And to hear Greg say he talked to you on the phone and that you were showing emotions and crying, uh, it meant a lot to me. And I don't even know you, and I love you. So uh, get better, start shrouping again. We need you, baby. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. This is Bryce, or I'm Bryce Wettstein, and you're watching Talking Schmidt. <laughs> Boom. Or do you want to do you want to do it musically? I was about to, and then I'm like, Bryce. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Yeah. This is Bryce Wettstein. And you're watching Talking Schmidt. 
Holy cannoli. It's cool, like tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big dog's in. Do we really want to be here? Oh, everything's changed. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. <laughs> You're going to come out different. <laughs> shit, my pants, man. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the one, the one, the one. Who is this guy? I thinks he's tough shit. What's up? Come on, Schmitty, what the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. First ever, first ever, first ever musical intro from the one and only. So I was thinking about it, right? I'm like, if my podcast was a vert contest and I'm the announcer, I would be like, last run was Bill Danforth. Up next, skating for stereo. Bring in Bryce Wettstein. I love that. What would your first wall be? You drop in first wall. What trick do you do first wall? Wait, why would I, why did I think of a backsmith? Because I've never done one of those before. I would probably do, oh, not, why am I thinking of a back tail? Okay. Um, oh, uh, a 50-50 grind or a feeble stall to axle stall to a feeble stall to axle stall. Oh my goodness. First wall? If you just drop into an axle stall, you'll be too far ahead of the moment, it feels like. If you are dropping into a fable stall, then an axle stall, people stall, then an axle stall, all of a sudden your brain's like cut off and you're like, okay, I'm so in the moment, I have no idea what's happening. So next <laughs> while I can't be, feel any f- things like afraid. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I like this. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> I'm just, I always feel like, so frazzled in a day because you know that feeling where you're like trying to catch up with the day it just you know how the day always knows what to do I feel like it's sunrise sunset just goes and then meanwhile we're just thinking all day like you know (laughs) that's how I feel like do you ever do these in person yeah I was only doing them in person and then when the COVID hit it was like I didn't even know what zoom was and then it was like, I, I have to do either I have to stop or I have to figure out how to do it on Zoom. But then it was kind of cool to do it on Zoom because then I can like do it with, you know, like I did one with Dustin Dolan and he's in Australia. Like I do one with Poppy in Australia, like, you know, things like that. It's just super cool to be able to like hook up with people that I would. Uh, there's no way I'm going to be in Australia tomorrow or anything, you know. Yeah. Where are you right now? Where San Francisco. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Why we're on Zoom and yeah, Poppy's here right now. Oh, really? Oh my gosh! I mean, I just can't believe I I'm looking at her in the eyes for once instead of over. Is she is she staying with you? She, I think she's going to in a couple days. Huh. But she's right now. She's in L.A. Still, she always tells me to look on banjo stories and see what banjo's up to. That's her brother. Okay, <laughs> I thought maybe you were gonna play banjo. Oh, I wish I had a banjo. Do you know how to play banjo? Wow, no. But there was this time I tried to play a guitar made out of a cigar box. That was really beautiful. Uh, but I never, gosh, what would a banjo be like? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, more picking. Kind of like bass, but more mm-hmm. like folky. Folky, I love that word. Folk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dog. <laughs> I wish Poppy was here because she would be laughing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now that I'm thinking about it, when my friend Ron, he started playing the banjo 
we were started writing the song. It's called So Many Options. And he played the banjo behind it to make it sound more lively. It was like the intro was like, dan, 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 like very folky like that. And I just remember hearing it and it was, it was almost like a beautiful twang. Like if you, uh, like if you heard like clanking of necklaces underwater or something like that, but in the most heightened way, it's really beautiful. Wow. That's a good description. Look at this. I'm getting it at Feng Shui going. What is that? It's just like where everything in the room has a cosmic balance. So everything like just feels good. And if you put it out of whack, it messes up your mind. Oh, yeah. is that French? Wow, that's beautiful. So where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Encinitas, California. Oh, you've been there your whole your whole life. I've been there my whole life. I mean, sometimes I have to question, like, do you know, I'll still be really lost. Like, whenever I'm going somewhere, I still am oh, lost. like you don't know your own area very well still? Yeah. Uh. And I'm not sure why. Well, how did you get into skateboarding? Your Your parents skated, huh? Yes, like, um, my dad, he was always big in skateboarding for himself, just because mainly everything that he did had some sort of, I feel like, musical ethnicity to it. Like, huh. in a way, everything he did had rhythm. Like, he was always a break dancer. <laughs> he really? flew planes. <laughs> he loved break dancing, yeah. You got video of your dad break dancing? Yes, I do. <laughs> Well, actually, you just did it the other day. I tried to learn it. Oh, yeah. I'm trying <laughs> you, to learn this wave thing, but I'm not yeah. quite sure. You got to get the, uh, what's it called? Cardboard box, right? And start spinning on the ground. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can picture that. Like, make it into a little time machine or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like draw a time machine on it and then go in there and just spin in there and call it the time machine or have right. like a little radio in your pocket, take out the radio and just, that's what he always does, but he does it in the bowl. They'll just start dancing. Well, <laughs> I guess we're dancing now. So what did he buy you a board for Christmas one year or your birthday or something? Or like, how did, or did you pick up one of his skateboards when you're a kid or like, how did it all, how did you end up being like, I love skateboarding? The story was he was going to the YMCA, like the big skate park with the two bowls. And he said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go um, skateboard and go skate in that pool. Do you, do you want to come? And I was like, um, okay, you're skating in a pool. Like, and being five years old, I was automatically just inclined to be curious. So I was like, okay. Um, I'm going to come with you if you're skating in a pool. Cause I thought you just swim in pools. I didn't know you could skate in a pool. And then all of a sudden we got there and I realized the pool wasn't filled with water. It was for skateboarding, like, and you could skate in it. And I went in there and just started like circling it like a fishbowl. And I just pretended I was a fish <laughs> going in there and just going around the bowl. And then there was a couple instances too, with this mini ramp where I was just, I always remember being on top of it. And you know, it's so weird whenever you talk about skateboarding, it's like you go back 
it's almost like going out from the reef into the lineup. There's so many waves of memories before you're actually there because it just seems like life now, but you forget that there was a point where none of this existed, you know, like where you started skateboarding. It feels like every day you start again. So I'm always like, whoa, going all the way back. I remember mini ramps. I remember my dad always spotting me. He seemed like he was always there for me, which is so beautiful to like have unconditional love. Um, And my mom would actually skate all the time too while she was pregnant. Wait, your mom skated while she was pregnant with you? With Summer, (laughs) with my sister. So I was seven when she was pregnant with my little sister, Summer, who's now skating all the time. She always had a knack to be just like on the loose, going somewhere, fearless all the time. My mom was just fearless, and she Mm. is fearless. And I remember always being around. Then we built a little mini ramp in our backyard with this yellow slide. We put all these rubber ducks around the mini ramp because <laughs> we love ducks for some reason. That was my favorite animal. I have a picture. I'll show you later. And we made the mini ramp into a bowl. Then we added hips and a waterfall. Then we added an extension. Then we added pool coping. Then we added even just the, another bowl. Then we painted it blue. <laughs> then all of this happened. We spray painted it. Everybody in the world spray painted it. <laughs> no, not everybody, but. A lot of people. Really? And it was really sad when we had to, we just recently remodeled it. But it was really sad. Because you had to cover up the painted wall or the wood? Yeah. Like oh. imagine. Like, so that was like felt- history, like years of people coming by and like tagging it basically or something. Yeah. More like one year. Or huh. Like it was a year that people started spray painting it. Uh-huh. but it was almost like deforestation it felt like or something or when a ditch you know people come in and tear down the ditch right or replace it with new concrete and like it's insane because everyone a lot of people in the world love new material and new products and redoing things but it's like the most beautiful part is the oldness the you know the concentrated part that is just so like valuable just to have that forever, like a broken shoe with holes in it. Right. My dad's always like, throw it away. You're going to, you know, have arthritis. And I said, I just <laughs> like, I don't know. There's something about shoes with holes in them. They're just so like, they're like family. Well, did you guys take lots of photos to preserve the memories? Like before you tore it out? Yeah, we took, there's, there's a lot of pictures. It's called Oh, so we had an iguana named Spike. I don't know if you knew that, but uh-uh. <laughs> we had a 22 year old iguana. How big was Spike. it? See, okay. <laughs> 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 this is where I used to tell everybody that it was 22 feet long instead of 20. I used to tell everyone that he was 22 feet long instead of years old. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's really, he was six feet long, basically. Oh, shit. Wow. I always, my dad probably, he would cry about him now. He was probably most interrelated with him. Like, he knew him before my mom and I were married. Like, my dad had the iguana. Huh. Do you guys, do you got um, any, like, uh, you must have a bunch of nicknames or no? For Spike? No, for you. 
oh, for me? Yeah. That's so funny that you say that because someone asked me that today. Yeah. Yeah. People call you BW or what what do people call you? What's Poppy? What's Poppy call you? Brycey. Brycey. But most people sometimes Bryceroni, Brycicle, B-dubs. Yeah. That's what Jose used to say. Bricentennial. Um, Maybe. (laughs) Bryce is right. Okay. They say B Rice. B Rice is a big one. I used to have a rap when I was seven. My dad and I made it. It was like B to the R to the Y C E A V A. Yeah, that's me. It's like silly girl Bryce of the Sector Nine crew. I came here to drop a death rhyme for you. <laughs> there we go. I've been trying. Yeah. To, I've been trying to write rhymes in my spare time. You just influence somebody. Really it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. That's like my favorite part of life. Poetry. Poetry, you know it's me. You were talking about the silly girls, though. What, talk about that. That was like early influence, right? That was like your little crew. Oh my gosh, that was the first time. I'm just going down a whole like trek of my past right now. It's insane because that was the first time I've really had a skateboard family. I think uh. um, it was uh, Jordan, um, Natalie, and Matt. And then those were kind of like the first girls. Sarah Thompson, Sarah Shreds. That was the silly girls. We did everything together. It was sort of just like this knit bond at first and it never left. Really? uh Uh-huh. How did you end up getting, I don't know if confidence is the right word or, or inspired or whatever, but how did you go from like, using a skateboard as a toy, as a fun thing to like, I'm going to go enter a contest. Um, I love that question. <laughs> I feel like it's, it was a lot about not losing that grip on just, it's a fun toy. Like you never, we never sold it out or just said suddenly it's not a toy. I think I feel like it was more of um, a transmission of saying like, Oh my gosh, this is such a beautiful thing in a creation why not take the fun and try to like maneuver it so it fits into a contest? Cause it seems so anti-parallel to some people. And then they're like, wait, you have to finally like mesh things into a contest to compete. But I think a lot of what makes it so beautiful is that you don't actually have to change anything about it. It's more of like, um, it's more of a never it's a rivalry, but it's just like a stage. And Brian and I would always talk about it too, like a performance it was rather than something that was just meant to like, you know, exile out someone. (laughs) It was more of just, we all grew together with it. So So was it kind of your crew all were like, let's like you, the girls you were skating with all went to a contest at the same time. Like what was your first contest? Oh my gosh. My first contest Oh my gosh, I think it was Combi. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. It was Combi, the one no in Irvine. Way. Your uh-huh. first contest ever is Combi. When I was seven. <laughs> had you you know, had you'd skated Combi before? Um no. I think I had a dream about it last night though. Now that I'm thinking about it. What? That- I swear I did. <laughs> That's so crazy because that's a gnarly pool. Oh gosh, it's just taking me down memory lane. It feels so long ago, but is that like 2010, maybe? 2000s, yeah, 2010. 
Huh. I wonder if I filmed that contest. I think you probably did. I just remember thinking, oh, yes, I'm going to go in the top three. And because I, I just love the trophies. I don't know why. Back then, I just remember, like, <laughs> I loved looking at the trophies. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you got I top thought, three? No. Oh, I got 17th. <laughs> oh, you thought you were going to get top three. I was like, I can't wait to go up there. And then they're like, I'm like wait, what? <laughs> because I thought everybody goes up and has a trophy. I didn't know it was only three people. Uh-huh. And, and I remember thinking my friend's head air was so high. <laughs> and then I was like, looked back and like, well, that was on flat bottom. <laughs> it was one of those things where when you look back, you don't just look back on those memories. It's almost like you have to relive it because it was, it's still in you. Like, it's almost like when you leave something somewhere and you have to go drive back or go back, back and go find it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, it's a part of you. So it's like, whenever I talk about those things, I always feel the, what's it like? Not the tremor, but like the, the turbulence of like, wow, it all just feels so real. I feel like there was a lot of overcoming little tiny fear by making it not, not feel like fear as much. Like, especially like when you had to surpass things like those huge bowls, you stopped thinking of them as big bowls. You started just thinking of them as like, well, like turning your brain inside out and like interjecting your heart into everything and being like, that's where the fun came in. That's where I think we got the, the thing about, you start looking at things a different way and you realize how much beauty is in there. Ah. So with the bowl, I feel like I'd always turn it, turn it around, like look at it as if like there were like pockets of my pants, those pockets or um, like the tiles or a piano. You're putting all of your other things you love in the main love of your life. Right. Yeah. Like the announcer comes out and he's telling like, okay, this person got this place, this per- and are you just walking up to the podium? Like I'm top three. I think or- so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, I remember just looking. I don't think I ever took my eye off the trophy. I think huh. I was just looking at the trophy. I think I was just They're like cool trophies. That's a good contest. Oh wait. Yeah. Hold on. I actually remember being obsessed with this sort of trophy. <laughs> oh, what's that one? That was the third place in amateur division at the combi. Uh-huh. And wow. like now it's just placing seem so far fetched. It almost feels when you go somewhere, you forget about anything you're trying to achieve or earn, but you just think about you just want the feeling. It's so insane. Like you you disattach everything literal that has to be earned and you like put it metaphysical. You make it it's just feeling and love and mm. like a best friendship and camaraderie. Who are the girls that get you hyped? Like, who's your inspo? Oh, my goodness. It's everybody. Okay, I'm going to be honest. Poppy Shout all the out. time. For some reason, everything about her. Excuse me? What did you just say? She just always inspires me. Like, who she uh-huh. is and how she makes her jewelry and her animations and how it portrays so much in her, in her skateboarding. And we both love Fabi Shout <laughs> so out. much. Oh, She's yeah. She's amazing. So brilliant. Yeah. And- one of my biggest, I love Alexis Sablon so much. Shout out. Oh my gosh. And she's on Converse and she's an architect. Also, you can see that in, you know, all the things she does and she has so much poise. Uh-huh. And I just can't think of anybody that isn't 
on the the recruit list of my favorites. I think it, oh, and Lizzie, of course. Oh my gosh. Lizzie's a really big one for me. She's always doing these, like, the way she is, sort of like a body of water, like really beautiful, like a sailboat on a, on an ocean or something. And I think every single person, I mean, even my closest friends, like Ruby and um, Bombette, who I just saw, and Brighton, and oh my gosh, who else am I with? Grace. The whole wow. crew, huh? The whole crew. Lady, <laughs> Lady Meek, Lady. Oh my gosh. Well, if you, let's put it this way. Let's say you, you got a magazine and it's all the girls in there. Which one are you going to take the photo out and put up on your wall? Oh, I'm not looking at my wall tonight. Um, well, it's got to be Alexis, I think. Alexis. And Lizzie. There's been so many girls. Mommy, I love mommy. Uh, yeah. Mommy's part was great when it just came out of the wall. Did you go to <laughs> Lizzie's shoe thing? You were there, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. How was that? Big shout out to Lizzie for the, she designed her own shoe. That's so amazing for Vans. She was tight. She's the groundbreaker. Like you can say what you want, but Lizzie did the loop. She was probably the first yeah. girl with a full part on Thrasher vert skating. Like there uh-huh. was some, there was some girl street skating, but never a full vert part like Lizzie had. Yeah. And now she's got her own signature shoe with Vans, which I don't think has happened in like 22 years or something like that. Hell yeah. I, I love Lizzie. She's, I worked with her. I filmed and edited her Thrasher part and it was such a pleasure and we've got a good relationship. Her, her and Alicia, I've known the longest. Oh, and Alicia. Yeah. Alicia is awesome. Everybody. Um, yeah. Lizzie's I'm always just, when I see her, it's like, wow, we can all breathe. <laughs> and <laughs> that's how I feel. She's her birthday is January 26th too, which is, she's always been my January friend. <laughs> huh. So is that when's your birthday? January uh, 10th. 10th. So you're pretty close. Yeah. And even to be friends with her, I mean, when you look up to your friends, it's like, well, <laughs> that's pretty, that's the best friend in the world. That's crazy, and, right? Yeah. Knowing people before you meet them. Like, I know who you are. Don't worry. <laughs> I've seen uh-huh. you. <laughs> you introduce yeah. yourself to them and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Alexis. You're like, I know. Yeah. You can introduce yourself, but yeah. Now I'm thinking of everyone. Why am I just thinking of Oski? He's not. <laughs> Oski doesn't qualify yet. He's thinking about it, but not yet. You said girls, and I only thought of Rodney Mullen and Oski. And I was like, <laughs> because there's so many people that, you know, when you just see someone for a second and it changes your life. And that's what I feel like with skateboarding is there's so many people that are just there for a couple of seconds and it's an automatic save your life leeway. Like, oh my gosh. You know what I think you need to do? I think you need to uh, create a song with Poppy. You play guitar and Poppy play piano. Life goal right there. <laughs> Wait, it's funny that you said that because we'll can make a little me. song. Actually, we were just making a song the other day. Really? Uh, we're trying to make one. Yeah. 
Oh, cool. She's so good on uh, piano. Oh, you're actually pretty good for a girl. Yeah, she's actually plays guitar, ukulele. Oh. Everything. She does okay. anything. She made this. Oh my gosh, she would if she knows talking about this, she would be. But she did make this song. It's called Fading Away. And she just never, no one really knows about it, but um, I won't give too much about it. But she okay. made it on the piano. And I always sing it because it was so beautiful. She had this one line she wrote. It was called, even when it gets dark, the stars still come out to play. So don't fear when it's dark because the stars will come out. Oh, that was heavy. <laughs> I like it. And then the one that we were trying to write, it was um, called Once Upon a Time. All right. Wait, these are the chords. I won't sing it, but it, it sounds, it's like, it's like, um, once upon a time, your heart sung with mine. Every tiny tick, your heart talking time. It's something like that. We're ah. so how cool. <laughs> Definitely when you guys get it finished, send it to me. I want to hear it. I love okay. music. Creating music's second to skateboarding. It's just, it's so amazing. I love it. You guys traveling or something? Are you guys, is there a contest or is she just out visiting? So there's a contest in Japan coming up. It's X Games. Oh. That's coming. I know. Oh. And what you said about music earlier, I feel like... A lot of people, like, when you resort to music, when you go back to skate skating, it feels like music has opened up a few more gateways for the skating. So I realized, like, every time she's here, she'll, like, want to do some music, and then we'll go skate right after, and it'll be so much more, it's not invigorating, what is the word? Vibrant. But there's a contest, yeah, Japan and X Games. So back to Japan, huh? This time there will be fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll have the year right, too. <laughs> yeah, dog. Head on down to your local shop. Ask Bloodwizard Skateboards. Or visit Bloodwizard.com. For all your pondering needs. Tickety tack. And now, another first impression from Amelia Brodka. First impression of Bryce Wettstein. While she was about seven years old, Tiny pulls up to Combi. She has war paint on her face and cute little pigtails. And she's just smiling at everyone. And then she just drops in and snakes people and just totally rips the combi. And it was really incredible to see because it was way before there were a lot of younger kids that were really good at skating. And so to see Bryce at seven years old skating uh, with Lindsay, Carabeth, Mimi Noop and, and myself, it was just such a trip. And she's always been the sweetest person to be around when she was seven and now that she's an adult she's just she has a heart of gold and she has a beautiful perspective on the world and she just makes people smile so thanks bryce beep 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 beep, beep, beep. Todd, what was that olympic experience like you you were you were out there yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Were you just in and out? Like you had to be two days before the event, one day after you had to leave type thing, or were you there for a while? I felt, I don't even know how it felt. It felt like a second, a year. I mean, we were there for 10 days. We were there from, Oh um, yeah. Were we you were in the opening from, ceremony? No, we weren't there for the, wait, it was 10 days. That didn't feel like 10 days. I didn't know. Wait, you we, could I think be there we left the 10 days counting when we left to Japan, I think. Oh, okay. I don't think there's any words for what it was like. It was, it was almost like being in 50 different countries because everyone, even people from Egypt were there, not in the skateboarding part, but being in the dining hall. Yeah. Was your mind blown? Like, were you overwhelmed or were you just like, so like, were you fully into it or was it kind of like too much or like, what did you, how did you feel? Was your, did you have anxiety? Um, did you have excitement? Like, were you stoked or were you like, can't wait till this is over? I think it was because I still feel like I'm there now. I'm talking about it. <laughs> it feels, it felt almost like I never wanted it to end. Huh. But also, just because I knew that for two years we were thinking about a, this moment and. I think once the day before the contest, that's always the hardest, not mm -hmm. the hardest, but the most nerve wracking. I find that I, I don't know if everyone else, but I'm always nervous for everything and not the way, not the real nerves, but in a way where it's almost like you're constantly surrounded by so much emotion that it just turns into nerves because you're just like, which one do I respond to first? Like the, the like, Oh my gosh, the complete, like, Bewildering, bewildering emotion where you're like, am I really here? Or the one where it's like, you're here. <laughs> or the one where it's like, how did I get here? And then you just have to put yourself on hold by being nervous. <laughs> you're like, oh. I can't talk to you all right now. I think once we were all there together, though, I'm going to be honest, there was a point where it just felt like you were at, on a crew, on a, like a cruise on a cruise ship. It just felt so nonchalant and beautiful. Oh. Like, so like, did it feel like a normal contest or did you sense that this was bigger than a normal, like compare it to like the park series or a combi? Is it a similar feeling? Like I normally can't sleep the night before and I, I couldn't sleep the night before or like, no, usually I'm okay. And this was, I was a little more like butterflies or whatever you get. It was very similar to other contests, but there was something a lot different about this one. Why, why did I feel like it was almost more calming than normal? Hmm. It, it almost had more of a collective factor around it to think like, there's no point in trying so hard when you've spent your life trying not to try. So it's almost like, let all of the, the walls and the barricades down and just don't try and just let the most inner part of you come out because I think we all like at that point had just learned you have to channel your, your inner, your inner heart canal, right? <laughs> like right. We, we all have something that was a little bit different, like a little bit more different pair of spectacles. You know, we were all seeing something different after going on our adventures together, like from the qualifiers and Brazil and China and I think it was all just replaying in our heads almost 
as if this was kind of like maybe the, the mecca of this movie scene, this huge commotion that we've all built to. It's almost like, so we were doing all that, the rising action to go to the pinnacle and the climax of our life. So it's like, once you're in the climax, you have to just live your climax, you know, mm-hmm. you can't think so much. And, and I think it was more the tricks. I hope they'll come. It was having more hope rather than trying to restrain yourself. Sure. Um, but huh. I think we were all learning. We have acquired so much just from being a part of skateboarding. Cause it's just, it's just like offsets reality and it's so beautiful. And I think especially having all the girls like Kakona, I always think about, she calms me for some reason, the way she skateboards is so beautiful. And Lizzie, she wrote in my journal. Oh my gosh, do I have it? Oh my goodness. So happy. This was the Olympic journal that we all wrote in. Oh, nice. So Lizzie wrote something about the dining hall. She said that someone said the Olympics feels like the reward for years of perseverance and hard work. And, and then like people write in different languages. It was really beautiful. That comedy having pens and paper next to us. That's a cool idea. I like that. Mm-hmm. So and did you have like Kakona write in Japanese in there? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's cool. There it is. Oh. Oh, rad. Do you want me to read it? Lizzie said, Dear Universe, I'm currently at the upstairs dining hall in Tokyo, Japan. We're at the Olympics for the debut of Skateboard Park. I'm really excited to be here with my friends, but I wish we could explore the city. I'm craving boba tea (laughs) and tonkatsu from Harajuku. Oh, well, though, it's still a surreal experience to be here. Love, Lizzie. Ah, that's nice. I know. Just having her writing in this book, too, it makes the day did you get to spend time with alexis or were the street and the park separate yeah the street and park were separate was like you mimi jordan and brighton yeah it was it was all the guys oh and the guys too i wish i could have seen alexis yeah uh can you tell me about your dream board oh right here no i'm kidding (laughs) Yeah. Tell me the uh, origin story of it. How did it? How did you think to start it, and and what is it exactly? I'll just show you. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Show and tell. Show and tell. Um, it's right here. I wanted to do another one with my mom because these are old. Oh, okay. That's Oski. Shout out. That's Rodney. Shout out. When did it start? It started like I'd say three years ago now. And what was the idea? You you put up pictures to remind you of things that that you were dreaming of? What, what was it? I kind of had all of these dreams that sometimes didn't make so much sense when I just tried to think of them in word terms or like sentences that are strung along like out loud. I tried to put it in more of imagery form. So oh. I kind of decided... I think that's when I first was making this decision that I really, that there's a lot of dreams in life that I don't just want to necessarily keep stored in this underground circuit. <laughs> Not underground. So, like, I didn't want to keep it in a container. I wanted to sort of let it loose, like putting fireflies out of a jar. 
Uh And I decided to put it all on this board. And I think the first one I ever did, the first thing I put on the board, (laughs) which is kind of, I can't believe I'm saying so loud, but it was, so my mom and I decided to go down to LA to go try out for, oh my gosh, I don't even know why, but America's Got Talent. We just wanted to see what it was like. Uh So we got one of those slips. We saw all these clowns. and We got one of those AGT slips with the numbers on it. Uh And we pinned it, or I pinned it on there just because it was the first thing I had. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll put that. Because also the dreams sometimes don't mean one thing. So like there's something about Jane Goodall on there. And do you know Jane Goodall? Yeah. I, I went and I've interviewed her before. Oh my gosh. That is so beautiful. <laughs> I can't believe you've met her before. Yeah, I'll send you a photo. Oh my gosh. You've probably met so many people too. They're so delighted to meet you. She is also one of my heroes too. So I can't believe you've met her. She's an amazing woman. Yeah. I think I love the way she's a spectator of the world. Like she sits and she really sees. And she doesn't just observe, but she serves like what the world wants you to see. She sees what the world wants, I think, the world to see. Because a lot of people see past it, I think. They go automatically into like encoding what everything has to, you know, make an association with. But I think Jane sees like those chimpanzees and she really just sees things and she feels them instantly. So it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what that would mean. This is all referring to the dream board, right? Yeah. So is it kind of like you'll have a, a dream and then you take an image and you put it on the wall to remind you of the dream you had so you don't forget your dreams? I see what you're saying. <laughs> um, yes. It's more like a dream tied with like ambition, I think. Uh. But also dreams like that you have every day, that's another one of my dreams, to learn about dreams. When they're up there, it's sort of to remind you that when you fall, like right before you fall asleep, if you take a look at that dream board, I used to do this all the time. I got to do it more. But if you take a look at the dream board like before you fall asleep, just a glance, you're, I feel like it's just on its way to coming true almost. You're going to be hard. Huh. So have, has that worked for you? Like you've kind of almost yeah. willed some things to come true in a way? I think so, just by having it beside me a little bit. Because there's so many, you know how there's just, there's so many thoughts that you can say and, and so many different actions and feelings yeah. that you can portray and things in a day. And it's just like, well, what if you just cooped something up for a second, like put it next to you before you fall asleep? It, it's just like all right there, even if it's not there. But one image can do so much you know provoking the stoke that's really cool oh i'll read you one quote from it wait there's one thing that i i found it says you can probably see but it says all people live in their own dream and in their own mind and then it says they are in a completely different (laughs) they are in a completely different world from the one that we live in oh yeah oh Ah, see oh yeah it gets deep oh see but that one was really I love that because it's, it's, that's how I feel almost like when you're on a board or ingrained in something, it's like, you just take off and it's, 
Yeah. That's why I've always been so inspired by dreams. Cause even when you fall asleep, it's like, it's just a, like a re-embroidery of, of life. As soon as you dream. Well, it's your subconscious too. A lot of it is stuff that you can't think about until you let yourself not think. Yeah. It's interesting. It's really crazy. Far out. Let's talk a little bit about skateboarding though. How, how did this whole stereo sponsorship happen? I did just meet Jason for the first time. And I think we're all still trying to come to terms with speaking of dreaming. I mean, I feel like I'm dreaming every day right now. Uh huh. Like stereo. You, you wake up one day, you realize something else is gone. Like silly girl was sort of just fizzling away. Uh huh. And of course you're sad, you know, you're sad when your kids grow up and you have to go to college, but that's a part of your life because if you stay in one place too long, you start to just cramp in and forget about growing. And I said like, okay, so what's next? But it's also the question of like trying not to question what's next because you're supposed to let something take you there. So I was just like, well, I'm going to sit here and see not sit here, but just keep skateboarding and doing little knickknacks and things and see what happens. And then one day Chris Pastris calls, just messages my mom and I and just tells us about stereo and how he was really just fond of the idea of maybe me trying to be on the team one day. And I was like, what? I still remember my mom calling me and she was like, hey, Bryce, I think Chris just texted me. Like, Who? And I'm like, are you talking about Chris Pastors? She's like, oh yeah, Chris Pastors texted <laughs> us. And she's like, um, she, I think she wants you to be on his team. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> I just had to sit there for a second. I'm like, Chris Pastors, stereo, Vance Park series, Chris Pastors interviewed me. Uh-huh. He interviews everyone at Dutour. His birthday is July 14th. <laughs> this is what's going through my head. I'm like, Chris, Chris Pastris? And that's when I started seeing Chris in a different way. Because I had started, I saw Chris Pastris at as first as like somebody who he was commentating. He was doing all these beautiful things. He loved curbs. And then I didn't know that he was a CEO of Stereo. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know. Uh-huh. But, and I didn't know, I didn't know really who Jason Lee was until I realized who he was. And then Chris, it all started coming together. I was like, stereo. And then they sent me this box, I remember, of a real DVR or real CD of stereo. Still here, somewhere. But, and it was just everybody like John Lucifer, John Looper, I think Jordan Hoffert probably. And I just started watching it and seeing their shirts and really understanding what stereo is almost like um, seeing these guitars and ukuleles and just seeing their instrumental like basis of skating and life and right. how beautiful that was. Suddenly I just started talking to Chris and realizing going up, I went up to one of their, um, it was a warehouse and I started, I actually screen printed a board for the first time saw Jay, all of their boards and Matt Rodriguez, who's also one of my favorites. He had this board with a bird on it. That's so beautiful too. That's great. And so that's how it kind of all started. Sorry, I got you. Huh. It was more to of realizing, yes, I really want to be on this team. I think when you're thinking yes, and you're trying to, you didn't have to think about why not. 
it was almost like how could they be offering me or like the beautiful place like a home like this that's it's a privilege because they're both legends in skateboarding and they've i mean jason lee was in the best skateboarding video of all time with Mark Gonzalez, the blind video, you know, like video days for the older generation, they'll tell you that video by spike was it like, that's all like, that was the the video. And so to have these guys that were so influential that own this company and have the importance and then have the respect, it's like, I don't know. It's just such a great place for you to be. Thank you. I'm so grateful. I like, I have to always just see, oh, I that I really, I'm on this team. Uh-huh. And now it just feels like a family. And then Josue met them. My, one of my best friends, he's like my brother. We went to Friendship Auditorium and we did a, a meet and greet with all these ramps out there and finally ollied over a trash can with Chris. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Holy shit. And then I found out that Chris's dad was a jazz player. Uh-huh. And I suddenly saw and realized, I think that was sort of the beginning um, of like the interlude almost maybe of just what I had felt about music. Cause I was thinking, I already knew that skateboarding was this musical beauty, but then I didn't realize every musician, like skateboarder, these people, they've, I've never met people with such big hearts, you know? Mm. And Chris is one of, I just, I can't think of someone with a bigger heart. I mean, you guys all, like, it's almost just they're so open. They're permeable to every bit of happiness that can come to them. So, And Jason is so sweet, too. Like everyone is. Nice. I'm happy for you. How was that party? So what is this? A prize at your house, it looked like? They, they surprised you with your board and stuff? Oh, my God. That was like last week or something, right? A week or two. Yeah. So you are was... so you're now a professional with a pro board, like your own name on the bottom of the board. Oh my gosh! I mean, what, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. I don't know, but it, from I'll I'll let you know what I saw. All your well, friends or a lot of people like ah, and you come out and you turn around and walk away because you're like almost that same feeling, oh. like. Oh my God, what am I supposed to do? Like you turn um, around for a second to like regroup. It looked like again. <laughs> you start crying. Why well, I'm going to start crying right now again. Oh, I don't know because it's, yeah, it was like not even surreal. It was almost too. Sometimes I feel like the realest things like are the surreal parts huh. that it's real. But then also to see everyone there, if it's just, like you don't have time to go into your head or th- uh, have a thought. And yeah. I sometimes feel like it's too hard to um, like sometimes thinking about thinking is really hard. <laughs> so it just, I think it's more of just as go soon with as it. Stayed, yeah. That's why I just walked away. Cause I was just like, I can't, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, no way I can take this in. I'm going to be forced to think about this and I don't want thoughts <laughs> to overrule this moment. <laughs> Well, congratulations. That's, that's, that's amazing. Thank you. It was, I don't know, to even have someone that would drive down, just come all the way to LA for you. Uh. Like, oh, this make me cry again. <laughs> like Chris and them, just to have them come all the way here for that. Was right. So beautiful. 
Yeah. And it was like really captivating to, I think right then my whole life was revealed to me through my eyes, like the past. I got to see the past through all of them because they're all my lifelong friends. And guess who else was there who I hadn't seen in years? Mm, well, I don't know. Well, Matt, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Gaudio from Silly Girl. Shout out. Ah. Guy who, I hadn't seen him in maybe six, seven years. Was Sarah there? No. Uh. <laughs> I wish she was. She was going to come. Uh. Um, but he was crying. Wow. And, so you hadn't seen him in that long, six or seven years? Yeah. Full circle. That keeps happening to me. Huh. That, that full circle thing. I I keep feeling that. And it's really, like, I think there's a big pendulum between the little pendulum. Like, there's something a lot bigger than what seems so small, but the smallest things hold parts of that bigger piece. Okay. And it's just like, from there, it feels like it all taps together and comes full circle because you don't actually see the circle forming. You're just part of it. One day, just like the door closes and you realize there's was never a door. It was just, I don't know. It's just <laughs> it an endless so hallway. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is there one trick that weighs on you? Like that you think about like, that you can't do that. You're like, someday I'm going to do that. And you've tried it and then you've given it away for a while and then you come back to it. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of those. It, but is there um, one that's like, I don't know. Have you ever tried to spin a five? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> um, or like I, you, you were saying when we first started, you're like, I'm thinking about this one trick, but I can't even do it. Maybe that's the one. Okay, I'll tell you all about that. First, I have to tell you that what you're supposed, what I was saying before, was like I really want to write in my. I have so much to write in my journal about. Do you ever feel that? Yeah. Like, and I feel so, like there's not enough time to write in the journal because I'm doing more things that I want to write in the journal. So I can't exactly. get to the journal because I have to put pause on what I'm doing, and I like want to keep doing. I'm a short attention span theater. That's how I feel. That's my take on the journals. <laughs> I got a I journal and there's not a lot in it because I, I don't have, I don't have, I don't know. I need more hours in the day. That's true. Yeah. And then if I feel like we had more hours in the day, life would find a way to throw a little like sinkhole of quicksand right there. So you just sink and then you, <laughs> yeah. but like, it's not a bad sinking. It's just caught up in another way. And then, I'm always, you're right. It's like journey of the journal. Mm. But I just had to say that. I felt, I felt like journaling is a big part of all of this, like what we're talking about. Because we've lived, I mean, especially, you probably have so many memories and so many people you've met. But what did you just ask me? About a trick that- Oh, like the trick. Think, yeah. <laughs> like, I forget what you said when we first started, but you're like, oh, I think about a back tail or something. You're like, oh, oh but I can't even do that trick. So one of them, oh yeah, this one shed some tears. It was it was about to be maybe in that part that Josue and I just did, which no, I can't even talk about that. That was a bit, wow. But we were gonna do the 540, like the nose grab 540. We we're gonna try to film that and put that in there. Ah. And I just kept landing and falling, landing and falling. And it was just one of those things where I knew every time 
no matter how much I wanted it, that I just wasn't going to land it. It's uh, really, I don't know what. Have you it ever always, landed one? Um, no, never. Okay. So maybe that's something that kind of weighs on you or? It, all the time. I think I wanted to, I was willing, like I wanted it so much to happen uh-huh. where I just felt that right away. But at the same time, there was something overriding the right away. It was like hmm. just something saying, you like this feeling of just landing and falling. Don't like, you know, it just, I don't know. There's something about it. There was a couple times I swept that aside, but. That happens a lot. When you try a trick over and over, your body almost gets conditioned to jumping off. It gets used to like not landing. And that's why mm-hmm. you have to take a break and try a couple of different things that you're going to land and retrain your body to be like, no, I'm sticking this one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of surreal. I'm trying to think of those surreal moments when you actually ride away from it. And it's like, wait, so it seems like it's not a big difference. Pe- like people would just be like, hey, it's just a few more steps. You just were already doing it. But it is the fact that you're, that you actually completed the little like, I call them masterpieces. Like everything that everyone does is once they do it, I feel like it's a masterpiece. So I think, I I don't know. One of the big ones I think too that weighs on me is a nose blunt revert because I've dreamed, I've actually dreamt about it a lot. Oh, okay. But I've never. Front side or backside? Front side. Front side nose blunt and then revert around. Yeah. Ah, (laughs) <laughs> that one has been in my dream a lot landing it but i've always woken up and been like <laughs> so and you got a ramp in your backyard right yes the iguana bowl ah. a little wooden bowl okay so you can learn things there and then take it to the vert yes okay you know how sometimes i realize that like i don't learn that many tricks there. I've only I've learned about boneless there. I feel like it's more trying to make up tricks there. Like oh. you know how you feel more creative when you're in your own room versus like the airport or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know. It feels like if you were to do an art project at someone else's house versus your own. Okay. I think there's been a lot of times where I'll learn something there and then try it on the vert. But Lately, I feel like sometimes there's a feeling of wanting to learn so much more. No. Not including your house. You got a lot of stuff down in your area. Like S- Southern California has a lot of places to skate. Is there one that is your favorite place to go outside of like your own property? I love Algonorte at nighttime. The YMCA ah. at sunset. I love Poods in the morning. I love this little ditch called Batiscudos. It's on Poppy Lane, and I went without Poppy. Thanks for that. What about the new, it's not new anymore, but the one in Vista? Oh, Vista's my favorite park. Oh, it is? Oh. Are you still there? Yeah. I like Vista a lot. I also like Linda Vista. I do think that within every park you go to, there's a new treasure chest with the same treasures sometimes. Hmm. But sometimes I also feel like it's the opposite. There's there's like the same treasure chest with new treasures in it. 
every single day, it's never a repetition. Wherever you go, you find something in how you're feeling. It just kind of ricochets into your skateboarding. One of your earlier tricks was a 50-50 to fakie. That's one of the <laughs> tricks I remember you doing like a, a lot like be, before you yeah. got your whole repertoire. How did you like that's not the easiest trick. Like how did you go about like figuring that one out and learning? Did you have any like heinous slams or anything th through the process? Do you remember like learning those? Did you see someone else do it and and you were drawn to it or like how did how did you end up like choosing kind of like that to be something you wanted to learn and do? It was so I always remember it and still going fakey to this day. Like there's something with me that I I love going anything fakey. It's almost like it counteracts the place you're going. Mm. Like you're able to back you're able to backtrack within your life. Like it feels like that for me. Whenever I did 50 fakie, I felt like anything was possible suddenly. Like I had a new, a new blank slate to go to. Oh, okay. Like. Interesting. 50 fakie. Like you could start off. Like once you started with a 50 fakie, I feel like I didn't start at a drop anymore. I didn't start at a drop and I felt like I started at a 50 fakie. So if I did it first off, it like got me out of, that after that first trick, it felt like someone had kind of like lifted the trap door so I could go. And then I remember the 270 feeble always came with it. It's almost uh, like if you have oatmeal, then you have toast. I just got a can of peas. 50-50 fakey, cavalario next wall. Boom. That's a good combo. Oh, I love that. That That's beautiful. You're right. Like After a while, I started feeling like like all the tricks have colors to me. I don't know if, why. Um, like the Caballario is one of those like light up neon rainbows that aren't a rainbow quite, but they only have purple, blue, and red with a little bit of green. <laughs> <laughs> and then the 270 Feeble was always mostly green. Like it was sort of like a, it became a worn out rainbow. Huh. And then the Front Smith was always a light pink like this. Wow. Like, oh, Friend Smith. Yeah. Okay. That's a yo-yo. <laughs> and then Backsmith was always like a clear aqua blue. Oh, Backsmith. That's the trick. They, you can't do Backsmith? Is that right? No. I. It's my dream trick. I've been trying it. Oh, that's one. That's why so I That's what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That. And a, a Backsmith to fake you would be a dream trick. Ah. Oh, yeah. What is the best thing you've ever seen someone do on a skateboard that you were there in person for? I'm not claiming. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. My, okay, so I have to do where my mind instantly went. I have to go there first. Uh, Jaime Matu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wicked fresh. Um, Mateo. Jaime Matu. In France. France pulls on the heartstrings, but he did a like um, a 21 foot, 22 foot. Iguana, 22 <laughs> foot front sider to fakie over this hip at the Vance Park series. I was there. Then after that, he came up, he just skateboarded up to us and said, right now, right now. He's from Spain. And he's like, dale. And then he went backwards and did a nolly back three shove backwards into the bowl right after. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, that was where I started shaking. I was just like, 
<laughs> I was just jittery and I didn't know what to do. Oh, Andy Anderson, like two days ago. Where do I start? He did front side blunt to front disaster, to front side blunt, to front disaster, to front what? blunt, to front Smith, to front rock and roll or something like that. He did front side blunt to front side disaster to front side blunt. Wait, sorry. Front side blunt to front Smith to front side blunt to front Smith to front rock and roll, I think. Something like that. Oh. And then he also. That's like, called uh, dance fever. Yeah, he calls it the space walk. Is that, oh, is that real? Okay. That could be too many blunts. That's too high of a fever. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Sean Holler. If Sean, if you're watching, I just made friends with Sean. Holler at Sean. Shout out. Holler at Sean. He did an hour-long nose manual. Okay, it wasn't an hour, but I'll say it was about six minutes. Sometimes my sister and I will make these hearts and put little messages on them. Oh, nice. I don't know what it's like to be a girl because I'm not one. I do think it's important for you to be role models and to have role models and to bring up and to inspire other people. Um, so I wonder like where the line is drawn kind of for you for like having those responsibilities, but then also at some point just being like enough is enough, you know, like I'm, I'm sure there has to be, different people want different things and knowing what things are okay in your mind versus other things and that kind of stuff. There's a lot of titles around uh, just about like having something being titled again, even for the whole propagandas and just how things are supposed to be and where they've came. Mm. And once again, I feel like that's even going back to Jane Goodall. Like she mm. sees things not for the title but for the observatories and for the, you know, noticing how beautiful some things are without a title and a label. After being around skateboarding for so long and the life around it, it makes me just, it makes me more subject to people's soul rather than what they try to hold around it. I feel like sometimes we've all learned to just tune out what people's, um, like, first and foremost view is and how they like put that into articles and we just kind of take them as that's their soul you know i think it just made us all so much more accepting we're just able to accept whatever comes without like taking it personally or right, ever which is one of the four agreements i learned <laughs> is being impeccable to your word and never taking anything personally i also think though what has been done with like the girls progression and all of that is so beautiful how it is. I mean, I've never seen this before, but like the sweep of all of these lovely role model girls like this, that I'd never know like what's going to happen next. So, Well, that's the thing. I think uh, that like you're living in this moment that is changing things. There was never anything before you like this. There probably will be lots more to come but you're in this moment where like the girls have grown, like this thing is becoming this thing that like we, you know, you've been working towards and it's, it's, it's probably got a ways to go in a lot of people's minds, but it's come a long ways also. And like, I tell this story all the time, but I used to go to the contest every year. And the first year I went, there was only a few girls that were really good. And all the other girls were like, 
doing grinds and not skating up to the level of like there was three or four, you know, and then a year, maybe two years later, it was like all those girls that were like barely able to skate as well were competitive. And some of them were even on the podium. Like it was like in two years, like the sport had, I saw it just by going to the contest annually. And so to see it now with like Nora, Lizzie, yourself, Alicia, all these, you know, Nicole, like they have legitimate oh, sponsors. They have shoe sponsors. They're like traveling the world, making videos on Thrasher. Like it's, it's really amazing. And we have to applaud ourselves as skateboarders for it. Yes. I agree so much. <laughs> we, yeah, you're right. Like we're all coalescing together. Like everyone, even who loves skateboarding, it feels part of it. And it's just, we all have learned. I think each one of those girls, I always say those girls, I feel like still they're, I guess I'm friends with them too. So maybe everybody, like we all have just, the biggest impact doing littlest things sometimes, I guess. I think it's one of those things like you lend a hand to someone and you don't realize how much of an impact it can make just by lending a hand. It doesn't do you that much disservice to lend a hand. Like it doesn't take you out of your way. You just do it. And I think skating teaches you that kindness. So mm. I think we're all just learning now to come up together. And I feel like each one of us every day inspires someone, no matter who you are. And it's just like, if you learn to pay attention to how do you inspire someone, it just goes such a long way forever. This is the coolest thing ever. Yay, you can't lose it. You have to keep rolling. The way you look at yourself in the mirror every day is by saying, I know I'm going to keep skating. And that's all, like, that's all you can do is just keep skating. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. That's true. It's sort of like the stampede of elephants. Like they don't know they're making such a big impact on the world by just running. But then I'm going to be honest. I always feel like, I always still feel like I look up, like they're also up here, like Lizzie and Poppy and, and everybody and Alicia and even all these other girls and Lola, that girl Lola and all those beautiful mommy, um, Kisa, Sakura. Right. Um, I always feel like they're, they're like the stars and then I am bouncing on a trampoline. Like sometimes I'll go up and like, look at them and then come back down ah! or I'm stargazing to them sometimes. Cause they really, they make a big impact on my life forever. It's natural, you know, and part of it is respect and part of it's inspiration and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's hopefully going to last forever because if all of a sudden you are just like, Oh, I don't appreciate any of these people. Then like, what kind of person are you? Like, that's not what I look at people that inspire me all the time and I can still go out to dinner with yeah. them and have a meal with them. But I'm looking at them going like, so man, you're a, you're a talented motherfucker. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. That's what I feel like. Yeah. No, nah, it happens to like, everybody. It's so like, hard for me. Right. You're in the car with somebody that like now, your peer is your friend. Tommy and Jim Thebo back then, rock stars. Yeah. Well, keep That's, it going. You're going to get better at all this stuff. You know, the more you do it and the more life you experience, it's just an endless ride and you just keep it going. Encinitas Wi-Fi is not as good as it's cracked up to be. What was the question? 
Um, who are you the most starstruck by in life? The first time you met them. Okay. And then who's your guest? Um, Dave Baczynski. I don't know why. He just came into my head. Dave Baczynski. What the fuck is a Baczynski? I love that. That's amazing that you said Dave Baczynski. That's not the answer, though. Well, I know the first one is Rowdy Roddy Piper, the wrestler. Wow, that's beautiful. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. He was a big deal for me and my brother. And when we met him in real life, I was like, oh, my God. But in skateboarding, you know what I would maybe say? Starstruck's not the word, but like Jake Phelps made me most on my toes, scared, nervous, like, like, oh shit, like that kind of feeling, which is kind of the same feeling as starstruck, but like, not because he's a star more because he's going to like make fun of me or say something, you know, whatever. But starstruck, like it could be, it could be the bird man. It could be Tony motherfucking Um, Hawk. That's true. I, I got to agree with you there. There is, we were talking about this the other day with Poppy and I think Alicia or someone. We were saying when he's next to us, we feel like a presence. Uh-huh. Like, like you can feel the weight of the presence. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, just growing up, I saw those pal videos were like the things that like Tommy Guerrero forever for me, like those, those things. Tommy Guerrero is a big deal. So like, I, I think I got lucky to meet Tommy a little later in life when I was a little more stable, but he would have been for sure my rock star moment. Like to meet Tommy would have like as a younger kid, I would have been like, who? Yapple dapple. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So that's probably my, why do you have one? The whole Bones Brigade. Yes. That's for me a big one. If I ever met Rodney Mullen, I wouldn't be here right now. I would be somewhere like in my, I would, I would be like just (laughs) over just like probably on the grass, you know, just fainted. But anyway, what is it about Rodney? I know you, I know you love Rodney. What is it about him? It's the fact that he, he's so appointed in the way he thinks in the most realist way. Like he doesn't, it's not like he's thinking because someone's thought that before. It's the fact that he's thinking with his own heart, not even anyone's head. And he doesn't we, look ahead. W- w- how would you describe Rodney? I would describe him as the most perfect little imperfect <laughs> or something like that. He's, he's your guy, weird. huh? Okay. He's a, I mean, how important is he to skateboarding as just a skateboarder? he was the best at what he did and he innovated and invented so many tricks, but then Uh being able to articulate the way he does. I mean, that's a real, um, that's a real, you know, that's a, that's something he's blessed with too. So some people can just do anything they want really good. You know, some people are just gifted that they're like, I can play guitar, I can draw, I can skate, I can talk, like whatever I can do. I have two eighth grade diplomas. And some people work really hard to do a couple of good things. And he seems to be able to do whatever he wants. For me, too, it is like he's just a painting. Maybe that's why he's so easy articulated. Mm. People don't have to read him like a book. 
they look at him rather like and just feel the instant movement of what they're seeing. There is huh. someone that I cried over when I saw, but I could say that if you want. Who's that? It was um, it was Oski. When you hear that name, you automatically know you know skateboards and stuff like that. Oh, really? Oski's the best. Even after becoming friends with him, becoming friends with him, I still every time I'd be like, "Hey, Oski." go back down to dinner with my mom and just start falling. <laughs> and then my mom's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, just like that. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many people that we could feel that way over. Like, have you met Rodney and Tommy? Yeah. Me and Jake did an interview with Rodney. That was the first time I met him. And I was like, I, my mouth oh, was just dropped. Like I was like, I'm right here in this room right now. This is, it was like really, that was one of the cooler moments for me in all of skateboarding when Jake and Rodney were just in a room and I'm filming it and they're talking back and forth. The inventor of uh, modern day street skating, is that correct? <laughs> Come on, man. Did you invent a lot of tricks? I invented a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like name one of them. But you told me the impossible that they gave somebody gave you the name. It wasn't impossible. So who who coined the frame the impossible the phrase? God, I remember going back to Stacy's house. This is going way back. We'd come up and stay early days of pair. Right. And uh, went out. I think we shot with Stesic. Came back. We were talking about what do you want to call it? What do you want to call it? Well, they always said it was impossible. So it was sort of like that. It was just in the car on the way back. Why didn't you call it like a mullen aerial or something? Oh like man, I you never never named a chick a mullen. No, nah, I couldn't. Mullen that. flip. Nah, that stuff. I just no. I never felt right with See, that. See, that's what the, we. I talked to Tony Hawk about. It's like, remember they, the first 720? They yep. called it a McHawk, and it's yep. like, why would you put Mike McGillicuddy's name on <laughs> Tony Hawk's name? And, no, it's a 720. That's terrible. I just was like this is why i'm here like this is it yeah. like i just was smiling yeah. so so big yeah he's a great dude too just kind of like a little um, not insecure maybe shy i don't know what the right word is but like he yeah. definitely likes to be to himself a, a little more you know solitary man yeah i see which that. is fine i i can i can appreciate that sometimes myself so me too i more and more am i like Wow, the the real extroversion is in solitude. <laughs> we gotta we gotta pick your brain for a a song to play on the way out of here. I played to my mom yesterday. It's, it's, it goes like and, this. Um, I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Buttery epiphany? <laughs> Butterfly. Butterfly epiphany? Oh. All right. Let me see if this works. This is um, kind of like, I don't know what it is. Rolling out a mattress and flying to another land To pose in a blanket, make a smile face Not knowing why you did that, cause you thought you grabbed your backpack And the subjects and the pronouns seem so out of place And we are all inclined to make mistakes Without signing a contract first 
Listen to the radio, grab your things, you gotta go search for a missing puzzle piece. A thousand piece collection and the only false perception is who you are and why are you standing so out of reach? It could be through the woodlands or by the beach. Who So when your car doesn't start on the way to work <laughs> And your mind is telling your feet to run berserk You might find the need to fly Just fall away from the sun Every once in a while you're writing through an essay and you forget to look away before you press submit. The fear of someone's eyes on your heart and turn surprise is usually enough to make you want to quit. But I assure you, you're much wiser than this. So when that feeling comes over you And you feel like a flute without a windpipe to sail through <gasps> And when the corners of your mouth Feel like going north instead of south You can let it so when the marker's ink is all befuddled And you're in the middle of your boss's best rebuttal You might long for a special song Just feel subtle again Cause on our earth your heart comes first, and that's where we'll re begin. There, that's the song. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. That wasn't called Butterfly Epiphany. That was, that was called Fall Away from This Earth. <laughs> Who wrote that? Uh, me. <laughs> really? I think your future is bright. Uh huh. <laughs> that, that's your own song? Yeah. Wow, you're so talented. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. We had our first, well, I had my first instrumental intro and my first live performance outro on my podcast. This is... <laughs> thank you it. so much. Well, Bryce, thank you so much for spending the time. It's I really appreciate it. And I'm happy for you. It's good to see like all these things like you're doing, this is a short window that you've done a lot of really big life hammers. So check it out. I got a new song. A lot of things reminisce on my mind. I'm here to bring you my interview with Bryce Wettstein. I know you better have some time because we've spent more than an hour. I'd like to tell you what it's about, but maybe you should listen and figure it out. I hope to do a job that's better. 
It's time. Let us begin. Oh, oh. Let us begin. Let us begin now. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh. See you later. Oh, I didn't record that one. Dang it. <laughs> okay, let's do it again. Okay. Okay. Hello, we're back in the house for podcast, and I got Bryce Wettstein on the overtime. I, I could tell you what it's all about, but maybe you should listen and figure it out. We're gonna do lots of talking about skateboarding and anything else in life. <laughs> okay, I, now I'm just gonna loop that and then I'll put my track over it. <laughs> I don't really know oh where gosh. I'm going with my words, but I think we got a Friday, a Friday, a fine day. It's a Friday. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> Perfection. Thank you all for tuning in. This is the wonderful, talented Bryce Wettstein. And you've been listening to Talking Schmidt. Tune in next week. Who knows who the guest will be? Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews in a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.